Welcome to the Keizu Poetry Slamcast. My name is Tracy Smith. This is episode 68. This podcast is made up of archival recordings from the Kalamazoo Poetry Slam. They're about 20 plus years old. So if you're interested in performance poetry, poetry? So if you're interested, <laughs> so if you are interested in performance poetry from the 2000 aught diggities, you're in the right place. On this week's podcast, you will hear Matthew Olsman give the sacrificial poem. You will hear the second round of the Slam Finals. You will hear the announcement of the Slam Team for 2002. You will hear Shaptowitz do a performance piece to wrap up the show. That's what you'll hear. This is Slam Poem. Later, like the poems are like, you dirty fucking whore. But this is one of the good ones from the beginning. My ears reach in the suburban noise of night. There's a question asked in one naked moment that never I am the smith. I am the poet. I am the industrial revolution. No longer bright as fireflies. And the place of finding how wonderful we are, we form the sweet nature of the future and the reasons that we sing. I read an article about a former Detroit high school football star who had stabbed his grandfather to death. When questioned by authorities, by the police, he told them his grandfather had been molesting him. But after sitting in shackles for over six hours at homicide headquarters, he changed his story saying he dreamt it all, but it felt real. A judge found him not guilty by reason of insanity. Today, this young man resides in the same mental institution that houses his father. You weren't in my head when I woke up today. You weren't there, so you don't know. We can run from what we're given. We can run, we can run. Look at me, they call me psycho. My old man ran from his mind. He never saw me on this field. They named me after him. Him screaming in the scarlet prison of his skull. Him handing me this ball before I was born. Him loose cannon. Him gun wild loco. Him, he never saw me on this field. Running back, rising star. My father's father has seen me, but not on this field. No, that was a dream. No, that was real. No, that was bang. The ball is snapped, bang, the armies cly, bang, we are clawing, pushing, shoving, rubbing raw earth. Young boys are peeled backward at awkward angles, bang, the rapid fire camera flash, bang, the gun rattle crowd roar. The quarterback is being torn, loose meat from firm bone, skin from limb, from limb, from limb. His eyes are trying to find me, his hands are reaching for me. No, that was a dream, no, that was real, no, that was bang, the ball is shoved against my stomach. White hot ribbons tear upward inside my chest. I don't let go, my old man, he never saw me on this field, hit from a hundred sides. Once and feeling no pain, the way I heave and implode, the way my teeth become 32 tiny and white detonators, and I bite down hard like there ain't no other way out. Like this ball, it's all I got, and I'm holding on for dear life. I have secrets and no one to share them with. Do you ever feel guilty at night when it's quiet, when I can't sleep? I pull these covers a little higher. There are bruises on my hip bone. My eyes are two black tunnels caving in. My head holds the thunder of a hundred bloodthirsty hammers banging their way out, banging their way out. They call me killer. They call me psycho. They never saw me on this field. Never saw me sleeping by the black-handled butcher's blade. Couldn't understand why I stood above that bastard's body leaking cruelty all across this kitchen linoleum. Grandfather reaching for me again. His hands were at my no, that was a dream. No, that was real. No, that was just me running on a field where I was never seen. Crowd gurgling my name as I hit the hole and go, as I heave and implode, as I bring this blade up to my throat. This running, rising, streaking star. This serpent spitting out its unseen tail. This crying, shrieking, wailing wound that all of you thought could feel no pain. Splitting every nerve I got just to forget that this is real.
All right, let's give it up for Max. All righty, let's see some scores. Judges, let's get back in the old habit of assigning numbers to beautiful, beautiful words. All right, I have a 7.6, a 9, a 9.4, a 9.1, and I can't see that with the flashlight. Take, turn off the flashlight. Is that an 8.2 or an 8.8? 8.8. Yay, I got all the numbers right. I feel like Jan Brady right now for some reason. All right, Lobot. What is our score for our sacrificial sorbet poet of the second round? A 26-9. Let's give it up one more time for Matt from Detroit. All right, this is the real deal with Bill McNeil. The second round in reverse order, which means our first poet up in the second round to determine who represents Kalamazoo at the National Poetry Slam in Minneapolis. Please give it up for Dawn. I'm walking surrounded by the solemn medicine of time. Teaching me patience, it reveals my phobias. Left to unravel the confusion of a minefield mindscape, left alone with my thoughts of escape, I contemplate the rationale behind revelations. The mystery thickening like my skin, rough with the callous recognition of my lies. Enforcing my insecurity as I try to understand the contentment of comfort, staying instead of leaving, I seem to have lost my idea of home. When self-destruction is dangerously close when I'm wearing pastel but I feel like black leather a kissing bandit I've tied myself to the tracks the imprint of rails on my back and I think I secretly revel in shades of mediocrity let someone else be the next Joni Mitchell my bed is warm the day is sad and the words are not wrong just never said because on this journey, traveling sideways, I close my eyes and reach for the silver-edged tongue, lashing my legs as I walk towards the light. Blinding me like Saul turned Paul on the sands of Damascus, I turn away from safety, the virus of stagnation. I need to eliminate the recurring theme of undermining my respect. Reflects the image of my own deception and runs me ragged, trying to deny that this is the truth. I'm a spinning top in the middle of a cliff drop with the realization that crashing is inevitable until I learn to fly. And out of scattered remnants of broken self-promises, I will rise and reach for my pen, allow release to come, free myself from the cycle, from these chains of disappointing memories of failure cursing me because like a bad trip, it's all in my head. I need to transcend my belief in a quick fix, break through the barriers of my emotions running rampant, carving out the path of most resistance, a chasm left after the glacier melts. I will stand firm on crooked ground. I have transformed the trepidation of potential affliction into dynamic animation. I will become the butterfly, the wind, my companion. 
I will drink nectar and spread passion like wildflowers. I will run naked through a sunflower patch at sunrise and giggle uncontrollably at the sight of my pale ass jiggling to the rhythms of nature's primal dance as I strip away the layers of scales I should have shed long ago. The tears I should have left far behind Used like a crutch to cripple, cripple my intensity Keep my feet on the ground My eyes refusing to see I will rise above my weaknesses And deny my assumption of defeat I will soar gracefully, land peacefully And live the dream of a child Knowing I can be anything I want to When I grow up Dawn and this is your cue to put your scores in the air, judges. This will be the sixth to the last time you do this. Three scores, four scores. All right, we have an 8.9, a nine, a 9.35, an 8.0. Good. He is an idiot now. And a 9.6. We applaud the poets. And we keep, and we wait to hear the scores. That gives us a total of, doesn't Tracy kind of look, Tracy kind of looks like a smurf in this light. <laughs> a 27-3, we applaud the poets. And keep that applause going as we go to the second poet in the last round. Please welcome back to this stage, Todd. Do you have regrets? Can you remember a single moment of your existence that has forever defined you as you are today? An irrevocable action that haunts your sleepless nights, causing you to whisper, if only I had, if only I had. Would you go back and make amends knowing your whole world would change? I do, and I would if I could. Go back to 13 in the corner behind that middle school. Back to that greasy-haired, pimply-faced ninth grader holding a dangerously smoldering Marlboro Red, his harsh whisper, hey kid, you wanna smoke? If I could go back to that one moment in time, I would not nervously shake my head and scamper off to Grandma's safe haven. No, instead, I would stop, look him right in the eye and say, okay. I'd grab that cigarette in only slightly shaking fingers and take a long, smooth drag. <coughs> Just like Dad used to before he quit. But I didn't. Instead, I ran away and forever after became the nice, safe kid. The one the girls bring home to talk to their parents while they slip out the back to make out with some chopper ride and hair slick back dude named Spike or Slash. And ever since, I've wanted to be that guy. I even got my ear pierced and bought myself a Harley. But I've been laughed out of every biker bar from Detroit to San Antonio. And I know why it's so weird easy to see the source of all my misery from getting picked last to play basketball to standing on the wall to high school dances I never learned to smoke 
that's right. Smoking would have changed my life. And don't tell me about the Surgeon General's warnings or top-secret tobacco company conspiracies because I know what every teenager knows. Smoking is cool. Smoking is cool like James Dean in a leather jacket and white t-shirts. Smoking is cool like the kids skipping class playing pinball across the street. Smoking is cool like my grandpa. Three packs a day for 65 years, never quitting until finally falling off his tractor in his cherry orchards. Bans on smoking have made smoking even more cool. Your own section of the bar, cool. 350 a pack, cool. Smokers on smoke breaks have formed secret societies I want to join. The mysteries of the earth are unveiled outside of office buildings and non-smoking cafes. Politicians are called down in very clever ways. If everyone started smoking, world peace would break out. The Russians would bum cigarettes from the Chinese. Saddam Hussein would ask Bush for a light. Smoking is cool, and I want to be cool too. At 32, is it too late for me? I'm thinking of stepping up to a serious Carter Day habit by getting the patch. One, two, three. Smoking is cool and I don't need Joel Camler. You've come a long way, baby, to let me know. I can feel the nicotine coursing through my hardening arteries now. Say it with me. Smoking is cool. And we're spelling cool K-O-O-L, I would assume. It's my little joke. <laughs> All right, judges, let's see some scores. I have one score. Lights! <laughs> Lights! Thank you, lovely bartenders. All righty. I have two, three, four. Do I? Yes, okay. I have... An 8.6, 9.2, a 9, an 8.7, and a 9.1. Let's give it up for Todd. Papa Smurf. I'm sorry. 26.8. Let's keep that raucous applause going for our next poet, ladies and gentlemen. Huh? Let's give it up. Let's give it up for Greg. Be beaten goodbye, love. Be beaten goodbye, love. In the beginning, I thought you were some sort of club girl Venus, a sensual nexus that I should be so very happy to happen upon. But lately, I've been feeling a little bit buzzy about the last three lines that dribbled out of your lips. Not that I weigh your every word, it's just that every once in a while you take on this rather Beatlesque tone. Which under the proper cadence, I could sing along with such an anthem, however lonely or fuzzy or blue-eyed wonderful. You see, lately, I've been worn thin, tired of wading through relationships with a Prozac blank joy on my face. It's better this way, I heard her say. And sometimes I feel muzzy, too. And I heard myself reply, how very lucky are we, because I know my seasons, and this time I have no reason to stick around for some sort of beep-beep love. She smiled and continued dancing. 
But imagine if we could go out in this weather, happy to be happy together, sliding through the frozen food section, our carts overflowing with wild delusions, lucky upon checking out to be the one millionth customer on the one millionth day. My, what our friends and family would say, and even if we ended up fighting like round eyes and Chinamen in the box of rebellion, everyone would consider our fortune as if we were something to happen upon when life got a bit too puzzly. And every day would be Sunday, and all our single male friends would saunter about like Morrissey, rambling incoherently about the terrors of celibacy, warbling in the most delicate of treble falsettos. And on Sunday, my mother would visit, bringing buckets of tomato bisque with forests of celery, icing funnels flowing with cream cheese, and on Sunday, she would forget your name. And on Sunday, I would have the distinct pleasure of reintroducing the two of us. You wiping a dab of cheese from the corner of my chin. We chortling together. She producing baby photos with devilish delight. And you, you would always be my best friend. And I'd be the boy down the block who always wanted to bring you flowers, to be happy upon, to be happy upon. But you would have allergies, curious sensitivities. And so I would purchase silk roses at the dime store, memorize sonnets from the Portuguese, reciting them over shortbread and tea and weed. We would take exquisite walks through ancient grass prairies, tramping crop circles for circus freaks to discover with conspiratorial speculation. And when sunset sent us into our Monday morning worlds, you would whisper before you disappeared, don't, don't say to me it's over. So I wouldn't say anything at all. And you would whisper, isn't it good, Norwegian wood? And I'd look at you if that was our last song. And so it would be in days as these when you were my only Venus and we would weigh every word and the horizon would go fuzzy as we said goodbye to Sunday, writing secret notes to one another, wondering how we had been this lucky to have happened upon one another while traffic twirled about us so in love and so oblivious in this beep beep swirling almost love, this beep beep nearly Goodbye, love, your beep beep lover world. We got one score. How do you think the judges are doing tonight, audience? Yeah! <laughs> that is overwhelmingly positive response. I asked that question once in New York and someone was shot. Okay, yeah. Okay, we got, wait, wait, where's our little, okay, we have an 8.9, an 8.9, a 9.1, an 8.8, .8, and a 9.2 for Greg. But our first round, Sacrificial Goat, the effervescent bubbly Crystal Ash, is also doing double duty as our score, or a timekeeper tonight, and she dashed to the back, so that means there might be a time penalty. Is that true, Ash? Crystal? You don't know? Oh, we do we have to check it up with the the we have to check it up with the CD. Twenty six point three. We applaud the poets, not the inane shackles of the slam. And we bring up our.
our third to last poet of the evening. Please welcome back to this stage, Chris. There we go. So I've been sipping starshine from the skyline and reaping this strange new phase of day. Searching the scattered patterns of satellites for spirit speech and I've been reaching into the deep seeking something I haven't been able to find. You see, I am the blessed union of my mother and father. One of two, my brother is the other. He is the source, the lantern light keeper. Me, I'm just an empty glass asking for answers. A rhythm prancer, a soul matter seeker, but I've been plagued by doubts outrageous in the sting of the fingers of an ice fire fever, but lately, I've been a believer. You see, Saul Williams speaks of sweet Saturn's rivers, but you just can't swim with broken fingers. They are crushed while casting our ballots for oblivion, you see. I don't think this is the world we wish to be living in. And we've given up. We've given way. And now it looks as if we're giving in. But I'm sorry if you're the last to hear the news. I got 24 reasons to be singing the blues. But that just isn't my tune anymore. You see, I want to be that razzle-dazzle, free-form jazz man seducing your sister with a solo. I want to be two scoops of blue moon on the hottest day of June and every damn color you can suck from the rainbow. Because my gurus are a middle-aged madman with a walking problem and my brother who can tell you more about Arnold Schwarzenegger than he can about tying shoes. And my people are a lion and a redhead who stand close as I bend my head towards the train tracks and they encourage me to reach three feet into that tender heartbeat of forever, that skewed self-being sadness captured in the rapture of that tragic architecture and I'd pick up all those peaches pieces left for the taking and I'd build myself a bridge and cross over into the empty making something out of nothing because we are useless unless we are creating and I'd be foolish for stopping and now is the time for the new way of seeking speaking doing and believing and I'm not going to let you tell me otherwise so you know what I'm gonna do I'm going to throw hot dogs at traffic cops and I'm going to go when the sign says stop and I'm going to eat all day and not gain a pound. I'm going to paint fuck for free across my car and spread the word all around town and I'm going to stay up all night and sleep all day. But wait, I do that anyway. So I'm going to stay up for like 24 days straight and then I'm going to sleep for 48 and then I'm going to make love to time and produce soft clocks with a rewound watch set to the pulse inside of all of you and simmer in the soup of the beat keepers golden eternity and be in tune with the rest of the room when everything else says I'm lonely because we are all just an untangible mass of untapped energy and it's about time we stop pulling the plug. Let's give it up for Chris. Does anybody else notice that all the poets like immediately wander off that way? I think there's a big poetry hookah back there. All right, judges, let's see those scores. I've got one. Mm, two, three. Okay, four. And five. Oh, boy. Is that an 8.9? A 9.5? An 8.8, a 9.3, thank you, and a 6.7. Somebody's chakra needs to be aligned. Up one more time, up one more time. All right, 8.8, 9.3, 6.7, 9.5, and... Sorry, sorry, Tracy. 
Okay, 8.9, 9 9.5, 8.8, 9.3, and a 6.7. Wow, talk about harsh in your mellow. Papa Smurf. Papa, Papa Smurf Lobot. That's a 27. Give it up for Chris. Keep it going for our second to the last poet. Give it up for Beth. I want to be tough like muscles. Abs, pecs, biceps, glutes, triceps, driven to the edge, pushed and pumped, stretched and stringy, never strong enough. Tight, throbbing, unnatural bulges in well-oiled vein, popping poses. I want to flex when you bend me. I want to narrow like cement-chipped, bottle-tipped eyes, slice to slits. The bloodshot shoot to kill. Don't come too close. I won't back down. I don't care. Stare, stifling the starlit stiffness of a deep-set alley. You don't dare stroll alone. I want to peel like calloused skin under your dirty nails, scab like raw wounds, wear barbed wire, fish hook, and skull tattoos, prison blue with scars stitched through the harsh designs. I want you to call me Roach, because I'm going to be scary. Like head shaved, cheeks, three days scruff, earring, nose ring, lip ring, tongue ring, dick ring, cellophane packing, cigarette smoking, voice gone gruff as rough leather with silver spiked shoulders and studded collars, wrist chains and wallet chains. I'm gonna swear at small children, swallow raw eggs whole, grind my teeth in public and spit. Cause I'm gonna be hard assed. Hard to get around, hard hearted in my ink and sterling disguise. Mean looking in ripped jeans, buffed up, shit stuffed and puffed with attitude. I want all y'all to walk away just shaking your head saying, man, she's tough. Yeah. All right, judges, scores. All right. We're missing all but one. Where's our one score? There we go. All right, we have an 8.8, an 8.9, a 9.1, an 8.8, and a 9.4. We applaud poetry. That gives us a score. Poor, can we give a big round of applause for Tracy, our scorekeeper? The most thankless job. They bring in so-called celebrity hosts who cannot read the scores properly or read them fast with a drunken slur and he has to make it all work out. So he is a genius. And that gives us a 26-8, we applaud the poets. As we bring up the last poet of the evening, please welcome back to this stage, Drag. The hollow rattle of something animated yet not quite alive, insides filled with dust, skin peeling in white strips from layers of gray and brown blossoms of decay, carried with it the sweet stench of death. 
Yup, that's my car. The one I ran over that bloated raccoon carcass with. Look, my choices were oncoming truck, straddle a raccoon, or a ditch like the one next to Saruman's tower in that Lord of the Rings movie. I almost wish I'd taken the ditch. See, my 89 Plymouth Sundance already looks like some automotive leper, all white and peeling. But now, besides the look, I've got the smell. I've tried hosing the underside, used a steam cleaner, driven it through all the deepest puddles during a storm so strong the, the rain was horizontal and it's still there. I can only figure that back in 1988, some cokehead middle manager went to the engineers and said, Next year, consumers will want to run over large roadkill. Build me an undercarriage hideaway core sampler that vents to the interior, and we can all get our pictures in Motor Trend. It'll be super. Can do? And I'm sure all the plucky engineers nodded in unison without a clue as to why this new feature was necessary. But they did a great job, obviously, except I can't find it in my owner's manual. I went to auto parts stores, and the young guys behind the counter just gave me these blank looks, and I snapped. The pop-out device for taking high-speed samples of roadkill. Hello? But then they brought out the manager, and he told me that the first-year core sampler was crap. Showed me a picture in the big book. Looked nothing like I'd imagined it would. He said that to empty the modern core sampler, you just push a button. But to get it mined, you'd have to drop the transmission and drain all the blinker fluid. Too much trouble. So I've decided to live with it, even getting used to it. Now when I pull up to the Harley-riding yuppie hangout, before the smell hits, I leap out and mutter, God damn pit bulls, they just dive under the wheels. It's like they want to get run over. They're as bad as bikers. It's always so quiet when I come back out. I don't always think about what I'm going to say either, so I can just imagine what my next trip through Canada might entail. Sir, do you have anything to declare? Why, no, Mr. Royal Canadian Mounted Policeman, sir. No, nothing at all. No bodies in the trunk or anything, nope. Hey, I didn't know you guys carried guns. And then they'll search the car, and they won't find it either, until they dismantle the car, and then they'll find the core sampler, and rightly want to know why I have an invasive quasi-surgical device full of rancid meat hidden in my car frame. But while they rush the divot of rotting raccoon to the DNA lab, I'll refuse to talk. I'll tell them I'm only an agent, and I was just following orders. Lee Iacocca, wherever you've retired to, I'm going to tell him to call you and that you'll explain everything. Yeah. All right, judges. It's your last duty of the evening, so make it good and true to yourselves. Scores in the air. All right. All right. Keeping it true in Kalamazoo. How Three? do you do in Kalamazoo? Four. Okay. And one last one. We have an 8.4, an 8.7, an 8.7, an 8.91, and a 9.2. Wait, did I do that right? I think so. Okay. Awesome. That gives us a total score. Tracy hates us. 
Tracy's like, next time I'm bringing hosts who have calculators in their brains. Why am I fucking doing this? Well, we did, this we did get those chips implanted. We have sass. <laughs> Is Kalamazoo seriously going to spread the sass? Don't, don't fucking say you're going to do it and then call it moist. I'll, <laughs> I'll come back for you. Tracy, baby, should we do a little something while you calculate the scores? There was a time penalty. Ooh. 25.8. Should we do what? Tracy. Tracy, do you want us to do the uh, the duo you saw in Greenmill as you figure out the team scores? Are you ready? All right. All right, then. As he's calculating the scores to see who's going to form your team, Kalamazoo, we are going to do a, a group piece that we had to perform when battling against Dawn Sailor. In the Green Mill just two nights ago, and uh, it goes to all the nerds out there and the women who love them. Yes, because um, yes. <laughs> yes, because uh, no, 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 because it was our we. Re- it was our anniversary yesterday. A year and a half. A year and a half, and um, <clears throat> so this is the this is called the relationship poem strikes back, an adventure in six episodes. Episode one, three things I should never have said. Number one, yeah, so I haven't seen any of the Star Wars movies, so what? (laughs) Number two, look, I don't see what the big deal about Star Wars is anyway. I mean, Kirk and Spock, were they gay or what? (laughs) What do you mean Star Trek? Number three, (laughs) look, dude, I don't know. Jar Jar Binks looked funny in the trailer. (laughs) Episode two, Quandary. Kristen O'Keefe Aptowitz is so smart. How come she doesn't know who Boba Fett is? (laughs) (laughs) Episode three, Princess Leia. I don't know who this bitch is. But if you don't stop moaning her name in your sleep, I'm going to microwave your precious Ewoks birthday celebration viewmaster. And P.S. Stop referring to your cock as the Death Star. (coughs) Episode three. Four. Four. Craft Bow Strikes strikes again. (laughs) Episode four, Channeling Yoda. We watched a little bit of Empire Strikes Back at a friend's house. Kristen asked, is this movie about a puppet who hits a robot with a stick? That's like a 10 minute scene, y'all. Patience, young Jedi. (laughs) A Jedi must have patience, yes. Episode five, The Clone Wars. Listen, motherfucker, the new movie doesn't open for two weeks. And if you could just put a moratorium on talking about how cool the Yoda fight scene is going to be. And it's going to be great. Then maybe I'd be more likely to introduce you to my parents. And calling your cock Vader. 
Peter's helmet doesn't help either. <laughs> I could have made a joke about how it wheezes, but I won't. <laughs> okay, all right. Witness the firepower of this fully operational death not with episode. candles lit around the room, man. It's not <laughs> as funny then. All right, episode six, Ewok celebration. <laughs> I knew Kristen liked me when she learned the Ewok celebration song from Return of the Jedi without ever seeing the movie. From a midi. Do, 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 Yub, yub. It was very cute. Thank you. <laughs> she still hasn't seen the movie. It was very cute, even though Lucas himself replaced that piece of shit in the special edition. <laughs> but regardless, the Force will be with us. And I told you never to say that piece of shit catchphrase again in public, ever. Th that and was funny. See. <laughs> see, me hating Shappy is hilarious to me. So thank you. That was our group piece written in four minutes. <laughs> hey. All right, folks, this is it. We're going to bring Tracy, your slam master, up into the stage. Let's give it up for Tracy. Give it up for Tracy doing double duty. He's been doing all the work all year long with the math and the crazy. And he is going to announce your Kalamazoo team for 2002. Everybody, Tracy! Woohoo! Thanks, guys. You want to hand out the bags? Oh, good. We've got the poetry tournament in April. It's a very stressful situation for our poets. So we have poetry bags, prizes for the poets. Designed to be stress-free. First, I want to give a big round of applause for all the semifinalists and the runners-up. <laughs> Fucking amazing poetry. Suppose we should start with our top score and work our way down with a cumulative score of 55 points. Miss Dawn Sailor. Our second 2002 team member with a cumulative score of 53.8, Miss Beth Bulmer. <laughs> number three with a cumulative score of 53.7, first time Kalamazoo Slam team member, Mr. Greg Bliss. And number four, he's been away from the team for a couple of years. It's great to have him back with a cumulative score of 52.5, Chris Trudell. Aren't they cute? Uh, it's a love fest. It's love. Now we're going to do some drinking. 
We're going to do some drinking. That's your 2002 Slam team. We're going to go to Minneapolis and kick some ass this summer. Tracy needs a drink. Who is going to buy Tracy a drink? You cheap-ass motherfuckers. He's your slam master. Someone buy him a drink. Everyone congratulate all the poems. Thank you, all the poets, for coming out. (laughs) Buy some merch. Drink a lot. And we'll see you when? Uh, Two weeks. No show next week. We're back to our regular schedule in May, the second and fourth Tuesday of the month. If you need a slam next week, if you got to have a slam next week, Go to Ann Arbor. It's the Ann Arbor Finals next week. Uh, you will see uh, Matt Olsman, who I think he's still in the house somewhere. You saw him here tonight. He's going out for the Ann Arbor team next week. I believe it's going to be fucking awesome. Good night, y'all. And thank you, Kalamazoo. Waiting on that heifer, Julio. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out.